Hi, it's Rebecca coming to you live from weeks, so many weeks after this was recorded post nose break. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the last episode. I just wanted to come on here, like just to introduce this episode. It's such a jarring shift in energy um, from the previous episode. I'm just like, I imagine somebody, this is like my fantasies, like somebody's like, hmm, what's this podcast? And they're just like, I'm listening to these podcasts, these episodes in a row. And, and then they, and then they come upon this shift in energy, you know, um, I just finished like listening to this, finishing it um, to put it out. And it's just so funny because I'm simply so full of life and energy in this episode. I don't even know. I don't even know what life has got coming for me. But ironically, ironically, I feel like you know, me and Niles end up talking about some of the sort of stuff that I talked about on the last episode. So it's not actually ironic. It's just um, something to point out that um, maybe is top of mind for me, but also for everyone because it's pervasive. Um, And I'll let you listen and uh, make those connections uh, yourself, smart listeners. And if you're, this is the first episode you're ever listening to because you're only listening to it because you are a fan of Niles, welcome. You've entered at an interesting time. Um, enjoy this episode. It's uh, so sweet. We love Niles. Contribute to his thing. It, link is in, the, is in the description. Bye. Yo, 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 it's me back on the podcast. It's been a long time because of how I've absolutely let go of any real schedule of releasing this podcast because you know what? It's stressing me out and I'm like, nobody's paying me. Uh, you know, literally I'm, I could do anything I want and I feel like this is what, what what does end up happening is then I like stop uh, booking people and recording and then I start a podcast episode again and then I start it this way where I say, sorry, it's been a long time. I don't even care. But maybe I'm caring. Maybe I want to be scheduled uh, again, but I want to be like laid back cool. Like I don't even give a shit. You know, that would be nice. So I do and I don't. It's been a weird time, everybody. I think maybe I po- uh, maybe I released an episode at this point, but life is messed up. People die. My friend died. But also, do you know what? This is like this sounds very callous to just pivot before I found before I started this podcast episode. Right now, currently, I literally just found out that Jimmy Buffett died. I completely missed that news. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. And it, it, I think my died my my friend died the day before, <laughs> so that's probably oh, okay. why. So you, were, you were tending, you yeah. had bigger fish to fry. I mean, but I was really just baristaing, you know. I was like baristaing and and I don't know pro, non processing. We're still really not like cooked yet, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just checking, I'm actually recording. That's how like out of practice I am. No. Um, so, yeah, I just found out that Jimmy Buffett died. And I personally actually have thoughts on this. So I would really like to bring my guest in. Um, listen, you know, I'm from making you laugh. 
and and he's probably making you laugh in a city maybe your city or a city near you maybe he just did maybe he will in the future that's what is called to be on tour and that's also existing in time before after when are you listening to this i don't know maybe he's touring again and it's five years from now um and oh my god it's arenas it's arenas and it's niles aston welcome <laughs> I received that. I would love to do an arena. Do I'm you? Tired of, would you? Would you? Would you really like? Do you think you 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 got that? Like I'm gonna be so comfortable on that. Like oh, I'd rock that shit. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I believe. I'm so it. tired of stressing out of these hundred twenty tickets is gonna sell. Right. It's worse when it's a diff- it's a, it's not the number you want, right? Yeah, because like I feel like like the people who support my comedy they love me, but it's like very mm. nonchalantly. Mm. Like, oh, he's in town. I'll get a ticket right. the day of right. and show up and show up late. You right. Know, like, like I appreciate the love and support, but it's like, I need more people. So that way to kind of phase the people that aren't as serious about the Right. And you need the, you need people who are punctual and yeah. you know, I, that's why I, I always talk about uh, Portland and Denver. Mm. The motherfuckers is always on time. I love that. Why? It's I, crazy. Is that a thing? Like they, wh- they white and don't have nothing to do. Right. But yeah, they don't have nothing to do, I guess. But not not to say that that's why they're coming to your show. But I'm just like, what makes them now, I've noticed on time? cities where the butts are bigger, they show up <laughs> later. They show up later? Why? Because they're sitting around on their ass too long? Nah, I just no. feel like they don't feel like they need to be. I have a big ass. Why do Wait, I have to be on time? But which are the cities with the biggest asses? To name the top three thus oh, far. Atlanta, right. New York, right. uh, fucking Chicago. You gone LA. to Miami yet? I haven't been to Miami, so exactly. I already know Miami. I'm going to start the show at That's going to probably kick. Oh, absolutely. Be B- we'll be on BBL time by then. I got hookups for you. You should go to Gramps. I'll hook you up. You know, okay, I'm good. a Miami girl. Um, I, I, you know, I will say that the butts will absolutely take number one slot. I do yeah. think. Um, it's just like being a young comedian and like getting an audience on the Internet. Mm. So you have like young beautiful women that come to the shows and they do not give a fuck about showing up on time and that's where i get i get kind of like jealous of these like reactionary like low-key racist comics because their audiences they know how to get to a comedy show and they ugly and they get there on time and i got all the i got all these beautiful people that just be on tiktok and twitter that have no sense of like showing up anywhere on time awareness he was looking at me like bro come on yeah and so like now I'm all, I only get to do like 40 minutes of my hour instead of the whole hour and shit. Like it just, it's stressful. This is a public call to action. Pretty bitches be on time. Look, okay? y'all find the shit, but please come on time and please shut up. Yeah. Like, and you're not, you're not the show. Okay. For once you're not the show. Okay. Maybe you'll it's be hard. the show later, but yeah, for now, it's tough, out here. it's tough out here. Draw the attention forward. Yeah. Um, I personally, you know, I love comedy. <laughs> I love comedy. And yeah. I, I don't even know if there was ever a time I was actually like, oh, I would like to be a stand up comedian. Like, I always listened to stuff like growing you up. Not really. Like, I've done, you know, weird character things at like okay. my friend's stupid show. You know what I mean? Okay. Or like, you know, getting in the PowerPoint game as they all do. Um, okay. Like, well, what's his name? Uh, Hassan? Like, oh, yeah, like, no, more like, um, 
Like, well, my example, the last like solo bit thing I did was like, I did a PowerPoint about how I quit comedy. You know what I mean? So like, oh, that's funny. But like equipped with like pictures of me doing improv in Chicago with like a sweater tied around my waist and like, just like the worst outfits you've seen in life, okay. you know, like okay. self-owned PowerPoints, I guess. But like yeah. the road, I don't know if I could, that's a lot, you know, I get annoyed yeah. by people. <laughs> so yeah. easily you know it's, it's tough but it, it just it definitely just makes you a better comic you know no it's, for it's sure tough, it's this it's the thing that 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 will always remain about comedy i guess mm-hmm. man well have you always been funny have you always wanted to be yes you always wanted to be a comedian from the beginning of all time no, no. oh i don't want to be a comedian now you want it's the mean to an end yeah, I want to quit this shit. Right, exactly. Join my power, yeah. make a PowerPoint. <laughs> it's, I just there's just a certain point I have to get to where I can quit. That's the only thing I'm stuck. Right, until but the I, until but I the, get there. But the dream is film, television star, multi heist. Yeah, I just want to, yeah, I want to direct movies, and yeah, make cartoons and all that kind of stuff. And I think so, that's also why I, I'm like getting into stand up seems like such so hard, and for me to not you do it right, right, like it's. Cause, cause that's, that's the thing. It's like, do, do you want to get too good at the job you don't want? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. And like, I feel like I've gotten stuck into this, like, all right, bro, you did an hour. We need another one coming back to my city. Come do this. And it's like, okay, I was just doing this to become a better writer. Right. I'm like stuck until it kind of pops off at least. Okay. So I'm going to revise my intro. He's not making you laugh. No, I'm just kidding. He's making you laugh, but also could do other stuff and let him question mark yeah, but no we're not we're on strike we're on strike we're on strike it was just labor day um general strike now please i'm fucking over it it's just so bleak you know everything yeah. <laughs> it's rough so but so the so the dream was movies since you were younger yeah i uh I, when i was five i told my mom i want to make movies and she was just like okay <laughs> Like what does that mean? Yeah, like, like and we live. We're black and we live in Mississippi and we go to church. But sure. Yeah, like what uh, do you want me to do with that information? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never really did anything, like in regards to that. And then when I went to college, uh, I started like writing mm. short stories and stuff. And then I realized I wanted to make movies. Unknown caller. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, it was potential a- spam. Why did that? Ha- Okay, I have to turn that down. That's how how I'm gonna Hilarious. fix that. Did you watch Telemarketers? That's what it was. It was someone calling for the. I need police. to see that. I've heard people talking about it. It's crazy. Um, Were you yeah, inclined I, I, towards I, the funny though, or like? No, no, I wanted to write drama. Like that's what I. What wanted made to write. you start doing the ha ha? <laughs> um, I guess I wrote I wrote a short story that a friend of mine read and she thought it was pretty funny, mm. and. Uh, and I, it wasn't, I didn't mean it to be like a comedy. It was just grounded in, it was just like young people right. being pieces of shit in right. LA. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I really love, like, it's always sunny and stuff like that. So I feel like I was just trying to write my own totally thing kind of like that. And uh, she's like, you should like do stand up. You could say some of this stuff. And I was like, for real? I didn't, because mm. I, did, I mean, I always loved comedy. I always loved stand up. Like, Cat Williams like, was my favorite. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know you could just go do it. I didn't right. know it was like a thing. Like I, I thought it just like exi- exists. I thought Bernie Mac and like all those people were just up there talking. Like yeah. I just thought they were <laughs> the funniest people in the world. I didn't know they go places and they practice a set and all this kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, I just I was twenty one, and then when I was like old enough to be able to drink legally, I started going to bars and clubs and stuff, and 
and do it and work in that bombing at open mics for but what of kind of kid were you? Were you like a, were you um, like growing up? Were you serious? Were you like a goofball class clown? Like what was your vibe growing up? Um, I was more of a shy kid. Mm. Um, I really loved to draw and like, okay, write, and like I would make my own comic books and stuff. Uh, okay. So he's a reserved artist. Yeah. But then, but then you realize you're living in the South. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, all the girls like the guys that play sports. So then that's when I, I started doing that. And I just kind of, like, put okay. that to the side for the longest time. And then I went to college. I was a division Whoa, whoa, one, whoa, whoa, uh, wait. Let's slow athlete. down. Let's wait, 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 wait. Okay. You're, you're, we're getting, we're in the perfect zone. Okay. Yeah. So were you, like, a boy? You, like, wanted a girlfriend? Were you, like? Yes. Wait, yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that. Tell I was me about one of those. It. Like I was very, like very early. I was like, "Oh my god, whoever these people are, wh- what is this? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're so like I just loved girls. Like I was <laughs> like one of those like boys, uh, for sure. Yeah. So like, but none of them liked me because I was like this. I was like super little. Okay. My ears, my ears were too big <laughs> for my body. Like our teeth were all fucked up. Like. You're was, just little. I, I was just a little goofy looking kid. Like <laughs> girls, girls started liking me when I was like 15, 16. I like grew into my body. Okay. Like I did sports and shit. And that's when I kind of like, that's when girls like actually like, like, would me. you like try to befriend girls when you were oh, younger yeah. or you were just like, look, yeah, yeah. yeah they, you... sm- they smelled good. You wanted to be around <laughs> them. Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely what you would try to do. So do you remember some of your like earliest crushes that were like really like a fixation for you? Yeah. And I remember one of them, she beat me up at her birthday party. <laughs> okay. She, she beat my ass. What, what was the series of events? When, when we were, were the, when was we were this? In the play, the little, remember the little playpen things at McDonald's? So you're like little, little. Yeah. yeah, so we yeah. Were, I think she was turning, she's a couple months older than me. I think she was turning six. Okay. Yeah. And like that was like a big deal turning six because like, like you're in kinder- we were all in kindergarten right. and stuff. But like when you turn six, it's like oh I'm not a five year old anymore. <laughs> if you're still five, I'm not you're a, a baby. Loser. Yeah, yeah. So I was one of the ones that was still five, and uh-huh. she was like a lot bigger than me. <laughs> and she just and she knew she like she knew I had like a crush on her or whatever. Mm. And so she just like beat me up in front of everybody. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and like and like now I'm laughing about it to this day, but I'm like. Yo, that was fucked up. Well, that was traumatizing. Yeah, this girl I really like, she just beat me up in front of all the other she kids. She just said, you know what? No everybody more just, of this. Everybody just laughed because they were just like, oh, she's a girl. She's beating him up. Do like, you think that, I mean, I know, whatever, we're talking young, but like, do you think that, how, how did you carry that? Like, what? were you just like, uh, well, that happened? <laughs> I remember like I walked off so I could like go cry to myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like I remember like the other boys like like laughing at me and making fun of me and oh, stuff. Oh man. And I was just like, what was I supposed to do? Like, first off, I was, I, was, I can't hit a girl. Right. And, and, and you're like, second, and I like, like, I like her. her too. <laughs> yeah. I like her. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just let her beat me up and then maybe like she'll apologize. She never apologized. Would you I want I wonder if you would find yourself in circumstances later in which you like a girl who maybe wouldn't physically beat you up, but um yeah. would like be a little mean to me? Yeah. Has that, oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. You yeah. love that to and this it day? Started there. I mean, why? We're we're gonna figure out why. <laughs> okay. love, me, love me a mean woman. Yeah, so you said they started to respond to you more when you're like 
15 like yeah, yeah. You, you you grew into yourself a little bit more yeah. who are you when you're 15 though are you still shy artist no that's when i kind of got out of the shy shit because it was like unfortunately you know when you're good at a like good at sports it's like mm-hmm. you can use that as like well this is who i am right so you can be this like it's kind of like being like a superhero or a character because like, yeah. especially like football like you got this helmet on and like you nobody can really see your face yeah and, like you're covered up like you can kind of like I feel like that's so you just got into so football by do you feel like it was by default of like this is what I do yeah. now because no, I it, am it boy like, you grew up in the deep south in Mississippi yeah. like you have to play football or yeah. you're, you embarrass your dad you know and so like I started playing football at like eight and then tackle football at like nine Ugh. and I was re- and I was really bad because I was just little but then once I got bigger yeah kind of grew into my body like 15 I was like team MVP or whatever mm-hmm. um and so like then you could kind of be like, I'm a football player. Like, Did I, you I like it at all? A... Or do you feel like you were just doing the role? I didn't like it. I like being good at it. Cause once it's nice being good at stuff. <laughs> yeah. Once, cause like once varsity football came around and like the, we weren't that great and like it was hard, it was more like hard work than anything. Football mm-hmm. wasn't that fun to me anymore. But like yeah. my fresh, like eighth grade freshman year, like playing football, that was so fun. Cause it was just like, kind of effortless in a way and we were, right. we were really we were really good my freshman year so like and socially girls, did it change your like your yeah yeah it changed the social dynamic for you yeah it was definitely because like that was like my ninth grade year we were killing in football and stuff that was when like girls from other schools started like finding out about some of us so stuff. is this like and small like, town yeah very yeah. small town super very small. small town football's like, a big deal and i'm ninth grade getting on instagram for the first time posting <laughs> pictures of me in my football jersey and touchdowns yeah. and so yeah you know girls like that shit so you could be local hero to like that shit. Yeah. or they're told so, right exactly well and and you're like these are your options <laughs> you know because um, I, I always remember there was like this like it was a picture and i think they framed it too uh i uh i made like a big run in overtime in this like really tough game and so, like, I'm running back down the sideline, and you see, like, three cheerleaders, like, on the sideline, oh like, jumping God. up in the air as, like, I'm running the football. And, like, that was, like, literally just, like, the picture of, like, this is what high school this is. This is like, it. You do this, so girls jump up and down. And, That's yeah. so crazy, because it's such, like, a self... And I don't think I actually like playing football. Right. Well, it's, like, a total narrative that is, like, being put onto you, but then also just, like, being shown to everyone, like... Yeah. And do you... Did you find... Do you feel like you had an awareness of like that narrative of like an identity or no, no, no. It was just more of like, Oh, I get attention if I do good at this. Right. Did you feel like you were often seeking attention or validation? Was that? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do absolutely. You... Like I remember there was one game we were beating a team and like we were playing good as a team, but I remember I hadn't scored a touchdown yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was just like, everybody else has got a touchdown but me. Right. And we're beating this team, and I want the girls to have something to talk to me about. So I remember, like, I literally, like, when we got closer and I had the ball, I was like, I'm scoring a fucking touchdown. And I like, <laughs> made myself do it. Oh, my Because I just wanted people yeah. to talk about me after the, like, it was like that. Yeah. Like, I, it wasn't because I wanted the team to win so bad. It was like, we were winning. I think we were up, like, 28 to zero. And I'm right. like, but I haven't scored yet. Do so you- what are, what are yeah. they going to say about me? So I just... I scored a touchdown because I was like, I have to get one of these. Do you think it was specifically for girls' attentions or just anyone's attention? Like everyone? I think 
I think girls number one, but then I think like as a whole, like the whole, like the school and people in the stands, like cheering for you, like that feels good, you know? Right. No, I mean, I, I haven't uh, personally experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't made an incredible touchdown play. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's why I love performing so much. Cause it's like, I feel that feeling again, but on like a bigger level because I've like, I think it's, I actually do like the work I'm doing. And like, you're being yourself. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that was hard for you to be yourself? To to figure out? Yeah. No, it was, it was hard to figure out how to do that and be funny. And be funny. Right. Right. Me, me me being myself was not very funny at first. So. Well, I guess like, when do you start being yourself? You know, like in throughout the, the, cause I mean, I, I have like a conflicted relationship with it it being myself uh, in the sense of like, on one hand, I think I've always been the same. I think I've been the same since I was like eight years old, you know, like I'm just like the spirit. I'm like the essence. It's the same kind of, you know? And it's crazy because like, I've been doing this podcast since 2017. I've been doing it since I was like, what, 20 or something. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, not, I don't know, like very young. And I recently was li- like re-listening to an old episode. I'm like, oh my God, I sound literally so young and like yeah. kind of naive and a little like attention seeking, like whatever. And like, yeah. but I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, it's honest. Uh, like if there's one thing it is, is, is it's honest. But I'm just like, yeah, I've, I feel both like a sameness with her and like a like, oh my God, who is she? Like, yeah. But I think on an, I don't know what an essence is, but like on an essence level, I feel the same, but also I'm like, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, does that mean there are things to be uh, moving on from or is this who I'm meant to be, you know, whatever it is. But I wonder like how your identity started to like, you know, find its way and i wonder if there were any relationships or crushes along the way that you experienced that maybe changed your thinking about anything like did you have sure. did you have like girlfriends in high school did you like yeah i had i had one girlfriend in high school okay um my junior year um, and but there was like girls i had like you know flings with and liked and stuff but like I, I dated i actually dated one girl in high school were you like do, do you think the girl you dated was like your most significant sort of crush or were there like crushes no. what um, the, what's the no, most i think we were um uh, we were like we were best friends basically mm. and it just kind of went from there how long did you date i think just pretty much my yeah just the whole, pretty the much year. my junior year did you feel like, oh my God, it's an accomplishment. I did it. I got the girlfriend or like. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Did it feel yeah. different than when you were hanging out just as friends? It didn't feel much different from that. That was the, that was the funny thing about it. I think we just, I think gen- uh, genuinely, I think we just liked being around each other. And then we were just right. like, well, we're around each other all the time. We should just like do this more and kiss. And kiss. Right. <laughs> we're horny teenagers. Like, that was what I was always looking for. You know, just like, yeah. what, you know how we hang out? What if we do it with a kiss now? <laughs> right. That's uh, literally being 16, you know? Right. Did you find like, did you have a general like type 
growing up or was it all just nah. like girl? It's just girls. And I, and I feel like I'm still like that. Interesting. Yeah. Where, like, why? do you, I mean, not that that's bad, but like, <laughs> but do you think you just know. have a lot of love maybe I to watch, give? Maybe I watch too much TV. Mm, I don't know. TV, I feel like my childhood, like TV was just very multicultural. I think that's, yeah. maybe that's what it was. But I, I mean, were, I mean, like also just like, like funny girl, um, quiet oh, girl, uh, like all the different. I think I think I uh, I definitely gravitated to girls who were like louder mm. and like were really funny because um I'm more like I do comedy and like I and I do that, but mm. I'm in general I'm more of a like very quiet, reserved person. Yeah. Like and so like when like uh. I've definitely, you know, I'm a comedian, so like I've definitely gone on dates with girls who have seen me at a show and like want to hang out after. Right. And like they're always just like very confused. They're like, why aren't you like that on stage? Like, yeah. Now? I'm like, because I'm just not like, I'm just, that's the one that's time where I'm just part. able to say yeah. everything I really, really want to say. Yeah. Um, but I, like outside of that, I don't, I don't like talking much. And mm. I just, I'm very reserved with my thoughts and things like that. And I just like, I don't, I like to just chill. Um, so you like so someone else to, that, that can take some of the space. Like, yes, yeah. I like that. Like, yeah. I like being able, I like, I like, I definitely, I'd love dating like a girl where like, we can go out to a party, we can do this kind of thing and I can just kind of chill and you can talk loud and <laughs> do all that yeah. and talk for both of us. That's totally fine. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I definitely grav- gravitate more to that. And I feel like I was like that, uh, like in, as I was younger in high school. Are there any like particular girls that like, jump out in your memory that were like that that you had a crush on like any stories around them did you go for did you always like go for the crush were you scared of the crush like i was always yeah i was always scared yeah yeah what what were you because it's just like what if they say no right stupid you know was that a was that a baseline fear don't want to look well that girl beat you up and then everybody laughed so that's not exactly see i mean so yeah i think it was more of just like i'd be friend i would befriend people and then mm. we hang out for a while and then like eventually they're like i like hanging out with niles and i'm like yeah you do yeah you're like it was my plan all along right so right. you didn't find yourself like being a person to like say the thing like no no interesting that would, that would scare the shit out of me as a child yeah yeah yeah. I feel like I didn't get out of that until like college. Well, do you do you did you feel like you were popular though in high school, like being in yeah, the Yeah, and that yeah. was part of the reason. Like I was like, well, I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> you if, thought you were if too, if too many no's get floated around and people right. start hearing that, then like I feel like my value would probably go down. So if I just don't Interesting. If I, you can't miss a shot if you don't shoot it. Well, so, yeah, people usually use that in the other way. No, like I like, I like doing it the other way. <laughs> fuck that whole like, oh, you, right. you can't make a shot if you don't shoot. Like, <laughs> fuck that. You don't miss one either. And you don't look stupid. Wow. I mean, yeah, like I get it. Like that's a, it's a very, pa- I also, a, yeah. That was also a lesson I learned very young. I had a friend. Mm. He was like, he was like, he was like my best friend, my big brother, and my bully all rolled into one. He was. Why are they always big... the bully as well? It just is but, that it was way. Like, he he really he bullied me out of love because he just wanted to make me into a man. Right. Because he was like one of those kids that was like a man very early because mm-hmm. he had he had trauma two, he probably. Had, he had trauma, but he had two very older brothers, mm. and all their friends would come over all the time. 
So he would just get beat up and picked on all the time. So then when yeah. I started coming coming around now, it was all on me. So he, mm. he would take that. But it just like, it definitely made me like a lot tougher. And I like, it made me see the world in a certain way. Cause I could tell he was just like, I don't want this kid to end up being a pussy. I like him. Like mm. that's kind of like, so he kind of like raised me in a sense. Yeah. And one thing I noticed that he would do very early on, he would only, he would only, uh, participate in things he knew he could win or he knew he could do he could do well wow yeah so i would never see this dude take L's but that's like a ever. slippery slope man but it's just like to know that at like six like yeah right, i'm only gonna do if if i know i can't do good at this i'm not even gonna do it and i but then i also and then like he would do it in a way where like he would look cool he's like yeah i don't really feel like doing that shit today like it'd be like oh <laughs> it's a whole performance just don't feel like so it. yeah i kind of like yeah I, I, I think i adopted that like all right we're only gonna do stuff we know we can we can make the shot we know we can win we know well i mean it's a pretty strong survival technique you know i've gotten out of that because i feel like in art right you're not gonna survive in art if you do that it's funny i think my boyfriend has similar like has grown up with a similar like point of view or it's like 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 the idea of like well why am i gonna do a thing if i don't know if it that it's going to be inherently like valuable or inherently like already, you know, yeah. Like successful quote unquote, like, cause yeah, if I don't, it's a, if you don't try, you never fail like mentality, which. And it's, it's suck. It's like, it's it's, shitty, but it's true. It's true (laughs) to an extent. It's, you know, like I do, I deal with it, but I also, I guess I think my counter to that is just like, I also think failure is like so in- inherently interesting, actually. And you it's know? important. Yeah. Like, and I don't know, like I've joked on this podcast before because I, it's just like humiliation, like constant me, you know, and like, the, you know, like the worst shows I've done have made me so much better. Right. Because after you're like, whoa, I don't want this feeling anymore. How do I figure out? how to not do that how do i go make this joke work and you can only do that if you fail well and, and it's so, it's also yeah. like having the ability to like move that way where it's like okay yeah looking at the thing and deciding to change it or whatever yeah because sometimes you fail so hard like you just sulk in it and i've had that too where like have you had that with like love stuff when you were younger, younger yeah now all yeah. That. yeah is there a common like well because the thing is is i've i've also realized like I think I'm that way in a sense. I hate looking stupid. I definitely yeah, fucking. Nobody wants to look stupid. I'm like a triple check a thing that I know that I know type of, yes. you know, thing. Where nobody. I, that's why that's why most adults uh, never really like achieve anything or they're set in their ways because no one wants to look dumb. Right. And the only way you can continue to progress is if you try new things. And, right. it's, and most adults are not going to try new things. Like my one of my I want to learn a new language. My biggest fear is like looking like an idiot trying to learn a new language. But <laughs> right. you're going to look like an idiot if you don't. And it's just like and I think it comes down to like maybe wanting the thing bad enough or loving it enough. Because like right. comedy, I just like had so much fun doing it. I was like, yeah, I'll be bad at this for a few years. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I look stupid, you know. And like the people who are fans of me now probably wouldn't even like recognize me right. like, in my first few years of comedy. And so I'm glad I didn't quit, you know, but some, there were some nights where I was just like, why am I doing this? Right. This feels awful. But it's the love of the game. In the and end. I feel like <laughs> most adults, like they live their life in a way of like, I know what I'm good at. I know what my skills are. I know what I've been used to right. my entire life. So I'm just going to stay in that. 
instead of trying anything new. Most I've read something other day, like most adults don't ever try anything new. Well, and it's like, you know, or, or to, to reference back my artist way era, you know, about the artist way, it's a book, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, book. you know, I did it obviously. And it's the whole, she, there's like a whole thing about like, like, oh, I've always wanted to learn piano. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, but how old am I going to be by the time I like actually can play piano? It's like, well, the same like, age you're going to be if you like don't. That? Yeah. Because and also I think trauma trying, probably it's probably that, trauma <laughs> that and trying new things is very much like a we've made it into this childlike thing where like yeah we put him in dance and we put him in basketball right. and we put him in swimming and all these kind of things you're allowed as a kid to jump from thing to thing to thing totally until you find one you kind of either like or you're good at and then you stick with that you know what I'm saying yeah and so as an adult and it's usually like can you make money off of this right. <laughs> then, that's what I was gonna say partly because yeah. of capitalism you don't really think about like, oh, let me try this new skill. You try a new skill because you think you may be able to make money off of it. And then when you don't, when you don't make money off of it on the first or second try, you quit. Well, and that's why it's like the, the way that I'm now with all of this knowledge of how just fucking bad everything is, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to just go through life and think about like, okay, this is the way this thing feels and is right now. Um, but imagine if it were unburdened by capitalism and, you know, all of all of the, the things like, OK, can I can I look at this plainly and see the essence of it and try to yes. remove that context? And is that thing fixable? Is that thing like, you know, right. does that have and, potential? And the crazy thing is that world is possible. It just right. it, it takes everybody getting on board <laughs> like, that's what, a sad thing. awesome and me, me and my boyfriend and our friend Devin, who uh we like ran into at washington square park of course we know him from like the protest scene too he yeah. was we we're he was like interviewing people about like the state of the world and we we're all talking about it and just like it is crazy because you look around and you see life happening and things happening and it's like well people we made this we so we know how to make things function we're just like you know all have have, well we're we're in a system that is poisoned you know most people don't feel like anything outside of what they've already experienced is possible right and that's where it's like some people this is just imagination you know abolition is 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 you need to imagine like yeah that's literally it and i think it it starts with things in your daily life because i i've uh i've gotten to that point with stand-up and i think it started because it was ultimately something I didn't really want to do in the first place. So I never looked at it as like this thing that can make me all this money or whatever. Mm. Um, It was like an activity to make me a better writer. And so now like I, like I put stand up out for free and I don't really look at it as like this thing. Cause I like purely just want to be really good at stand up. Like I don't, I don't care about like grifting to get more followers so I can get on this big podcast and sell out an arena and all this other type of shit. And it's like, then you're selling out shows because not because you're funny, but because, you said like you said like certain people don't deserve rights and people like that and they're screaming <laughs> from their seats and right. I see this shit and I'm like yo you I like some of these grifters I'm like you might not even be a bad person you're but, just scared there's gonna be one day where you won't be able to pay rent right. so you're trying to do anything possible to make money off of this shit and if that means spewing 
terrible ideologies that you yourself don't even believe, but these idiots do right. buy a ticket to see you perform because they think you're on the same wavelength and you're like, well, I'm just going to make that sacrifice then for my like integrity. It's, and like, for, yeah. me, for me, I just could never do that. It's just a very sad because I think like, you know, it's like you're saying it to me, it does all go back to being a child, you know, yeah. and like, like all of the things that I believe now are things that I believed as a child. I just didn't exactly. have like the language for, you right. know, and like, that's why like, like I love kids. I respect kids. I am concerned for kids everywhere. I'm concerned yeah. about generational trauma, you know, yeah. uh, like, like I really am. I do think it's like, like that is the thing that is also kind of the cure quote unquote, if there was one, you know, it's like, um, taking down all of these structures and et cetera. I'm just throwing things around in here. Um, mm. but also like if we don't address our, our intergenerational, like fucking violence, you know, like, and the way that our brains and hearts and bodies have been formed, like, then the shit will cycle again. But like, it's a lot of like unlearning. Totally. And that's where it's like, I am so curious about how people were as, you know, a kid. And like, yeah. like, how did you, how did you arrive to this point? You know, like, right. do you think that you're, con were, were you insecure? Like, or. Definitely. What did you find your, how do you think they manifested your insecurities? Was it like uh, a hiding maybe. thing or was it a pretending to be someone else sort of thing? Like, how did you deal with them? Um, I think it was just kind of like finding what people liked and just like, all right, well, I'm going to just be that. Mm. And it's like, and that's why I feel like there's certain, like, I don't really remember. Like, I remember like big moments in high school, but I don't yeah. remember a lot of it. I think my brain is kind of like repressed a lot of this shit because it was probably just under so much stress because... I think I was just trying to be mm. a certain thing for people. And it was like, you know, and I was one of like the few black people at the school too. So like, I was going to ask with it as well. Yeah. So it's just like, and it's like, and I really like didn't want to go to that school. Like I had, I had several, I had like several black friends growing up. Like that was never an issue. Right. And I wanted to go to school with them and I wanted to be there, but my parents just felt I needed to be at this Christian school. And shit it was like okay. It was like a, one of those, like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, and that's a, that's the shitty thing about Mississippi is like the private schools aren't even nice. <laughs> so it's like, right. you're going through all this shit and not even getting, and we're all still struggling. Or getting, yeah. <laughs> or getting set up for, cause like in Mississippi, basically, people started these things called like segregation schools in the late sixties mm. where basically most private schools in Mississippi were started like right after segregation. And like, that just means like white people are like, all right, right. I'll give you $200 if my kid can go to school without these black kids going here. Of course. And so like I went to one of the few private schools in the area that was started like in the nineties. So mm. it like legit was just like a school, a private school, but like, at but the that day, the origins like, were yeah, uh, the origins were, were around. Whatever, but at the end yeah. of the day, it was just white people paying extra money uh, so their kid didn't have to go to school with black kids. And then it was, well, we can't pay the real money for a nice private school, but we can we can do this one. Right. So, just like, enough. That's, that's the school I went to. And so the education was terrible. God. Like the building was awful. And I was and this was a private school. Right. Because like, I remember when I first started going there, 
it was a private school, but there weren't even uniforms. You wore whatever you want. <laughs> Which is like, you know, I remember when I was a kid being like, oh, I hate uniforms, whatever. But now as an adult, I'm like, honestly, kind of thank God for uniforms because my mom also, my mom who grew up like pretty poor, moving around a lot, like would mm-hmm. talk about how, yeah, like, well, with uniforms, people don't have to know that I'm poor, you know, by looking at my clothes or That's whatever also the true. fuck. Yeah, everybody's like, wearing the same thing. To an extent, I'm like, I understand that more um, now, yeah. even though it's still fucking weird and, and gross. It's like, there should be a better solution for that. And the solution is people aren't solution. poor, you know, that's the solution. Right. That's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, I, I don't, I, I don't believe in private education as a concept. Like, I well, right. Like what it's, it's, it's inherently like just opposing, you know, ideas, but did I was going to say, um, so were you like one of, were you the only, were you one of the only black One of the only, like we had a group, we had had a group of black people, but it still wasn't like enough to feel like safe or it wasn't enough to really have like a community. So do you think you were also, yeah. Do you think you were also like, like that was being folded into like the I'm going to be the athlete now thing. Yeah, because that was a way to like um have an identity outside of like the black. You're black. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was telling my mom this. We were talking on the phone the other day and I was like, man, like I didn't realize this till like to like a couple years ago, but it was just kind of like, you know, the like the black girl students that went to school like had a complete like my my experience sucked, but they had a completely even like worse experience because mm. the white people could relate to me on a standpoint of like now scores touchdowns now right. really fast and wins races and stuff whereas like them there's like you just a black girl what do you have to offer yeah you know what i'm saying no totally and so like i didn't notice that as like a high school kid i was like oh we all black and we all dealing with racism here but like they dealt with it on like an even like different standpoint if like if they didn't play sports you know totally it's just like it's even like a hierarchy and racism which is crazy no Um, of course and it's like it's it's by design it's like like yeah whatever whatever thing um like that that might make you be feeling like some in some way quote-unquote accepted there's the other side of it that is like well this is what's being propped up by it or you know and it sucks like the thing that made me feel good or whatever was used to make somebody else feel bad. Totally. Like that shit, that, that felt really bad when I finally like realized that yeah. I wasn't doing anything inherently, but it was like, you were just trying to survive also. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and it, and so like I had definitely had blind spots to what, like what they were going through at the school. So like that shit, that's just tough. How do you think it impacted you like in a romantic sense and like the girls you would have a crush on or or whatever, like dating? Mm, I don't know. Like, do you? I think, yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think I gravitated towards girls that weren't really involved in like sports and stuff for like mm-hmm. school bullshit, because then it was like I can uh like there's definitely like the girl I dated in high school like I definitely could I was completely different around her yeah when I wasn't you know when I when I wasn't at school what drew you guys together what was she like she was weird as fuck yeah and you just do her from school yeah we were we both did the same school we were both just weird Mm. and we I think we both just realized like oh when we hang out we don't have to like play these characters because like she was a cheerleader and hated it too okay that's and funny. Yeah. She was just pre- she was just pretty. You know? Yeah, she, yeah. 
we were just and like literally because we i'm pretty we i must be like, cheerleader right and that's just how it works and yeah so like literally we would like hang out and talk about like i hate playing football like i do not want to do this shit that's anymore. so be like i hate going to cheer practice honestly <laughs> like, that's like a beautiful love story. <laughs> like that, that's yeah. that's like some sort of indie like teen right. thing. Yeah, like we were just two, we we're just two weird kids in Mississippi that like didn't want to be the things we were being made to be. Wow. And, we, and it's just funny because like we're, like we not we're not we don't like talk or anything. But like we're right. cool. But like she doesn't live back home anymore either. Just mm-hmm. like I, I feel like she just like me took the first chance to get the fuck out of there. Totally. Know? And I think young and I, I and like looking back i can tell like the different people who like were were not the right fit for that for that place getting out very fast and totally. most of those people were like good friends of mine in high school mm-hmm. and most of the people that have stayed and like haven't left wasn't very close with them or didn't really like them because i think it was yeah. just like a different like if you feel comfortable here we're different place, that's how i am with miami you there's yeah. no way that we have anything in common like i i remember like at 10 i was like first first flight out of here i'm totally jumping on that shit at 10 that was my exact that was my exact relationship with miami i was always itching to get out like always i just was not comfortable there i think there's a reason you know i always get this weird pressure around the summer time like in new york or you know anywhere that i've lived and like this I, summer makes me anxious like if I have seasonal affective disorder it's like in the summer is my time yeah. and I feel like it's like this body visceral reaction because it's like I feel like I'm back in Miami or something and I'm uncomfortable in my skin or whatever mm-hmm. but it's the same sort of thing like there's a lot of people I know who are still there or went back and I'm just like and I definitely have a different relationship to it now. Like yeah. there's things that I see that are special and crazy about it and fucked up about it. And, right. and there's a parts of it that are like absolutely disappearing and I mourn, you know, but mm-hmm. I also know like, yeah, I could never fucking come back here. Like, no, absolutely not. I feel, un- I feel uncomfortable whenever I go home. Like yeah. I feel this weird thing in my chest. Like I should, like, it's like my body telling me like, we don't need to be here. Yeah. And like my, my mom and like my, my, like my dad, they don't, they don't get it. They don't. Like, when I tell them, like, I don't like coming home. And it's just like, it's not that I don't, I don't like see y'all. You. I don't yeah. like, it's literally like, it's like a feeling. Like whenever I go yeah. home, I feel like there's, I feel like there's something over me. Like, I feel like there's something in my chest. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just does not physically feel good. Do you feel a pressure to still like be not your total self or, um, or yeah, do you think as, that's just the lingering it, thing? At this point, I completely reject it. Right. So that's why it just feels weird. Like, so it's, it's like, just it, the, like it just still exists there. You yeah, know? it still exists. Like I feel like there's something tapping me on my shoulder. Like, yo, just fall in line. This is what we do here. And I'm like, yeah. No, I'm not you think that's that. just like the deep south of it? Just like the just the cultural, just, just yeah. the cultural aspect of it. Because I I told somebody the other day, like where I'm from, like a small town in the south, it just feels like a group of people all just trying to like pretend to be somebody for everybody else. Yeah, and it's like for and, what in the end? <laughs> yeah, because it's just like even like like everybody goes to church, for instance, right? Mm. And it's like literally the whole thing with church is on Sunday we come to this building and we act completely different than we act all week. Right, <laughs> right? that's what we do. Yeah, and like as a kid, I'd it's be like, all a lie. "Why are we doing this?" And that's the thing. As a kid, you were right. Like, why are we doing this? But then, like, they had me preach at eight, and oh. I was like. Oh, that's what y'all motherfuckers like? All right. Well, I'm going to be Jesus freak. But then you Bible. got to perform. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, and I got to perform. Like it felt good, you know. But yeah. Then I, but as a kid, I was like, "This ain't. I'm not gonna burst. I'm not gonna burst the bowl for everybody in here." But yeah, this but this it. this is not it. <laughs> yeah. And, and like it was crazy. Like as a kid, to even be like the fact that I'm up here with a microphone, like preaching and praying, is <laughs> bizarre. Le- it lets me know that this really this isn't is wrong, right? Because I'm not qualified to do this. I'm a <laughs> I'm a child <laughs> and it's like you there's like adults looking at me for hope or what? whatever so, ooh, that's and it's like wild. why aren't you qualified to be up here and I am because yeah I'm, how did they explain I, that to you or did you just they, well, keep they, those sort of thoughts just, to yourself these, like they say these like very like vague phrases of like you're anointed and called to do this and all this other kind of shit and these are your God, parents this God is your family parents adults of the church all this kind of stuff yeah. they say things like that like you're called to be here it's like what does that mean did they say that to other kids though did you have a Some. siblings or are you only child yeah I had, a, I had a sibling oh i had a younger sister and so like she did she did yeah. stuff but not to like not to like the where I was pushed into it. And I'm so like, like yeah, did you get like the special boy would, like chair? Yeah. You know, that yeah. Was like, it was definitely on some like Kendall Roy shit, but at church. You're the number one. You were yeah. the number one. Boy. I'm the eldest boy, like that type of. Why shit. do you think that and, was? Um, because it's very biblical. Were these born. black churches like? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I went to these. Black church. Did you feel different? Like, were you going to school? Or were you going to church like well into your high school and stuff? Oh yeah, every. How did you feel different in in those environments? That's and I've always wanted somebody to ask me this question because it was like I grew up in a all black church, right? Right. And I went and I was there every week from. Then my mom, like my mom said, mm. when she was pregnant with me, they prayed over her stomach in front of the whole church. That was like my first, my <laughs> you first were day anointed. in church. Yeah, my first day in church, I wasn't even like I was in her stomach, you know. Wow. And so, no like, consent. I grew up in this no. black church where everything was like so serious and so mm. like this is like this is all we have, and people crying and screaming and running around. Yeah. And you go to then I go to a white Christian school where, yeah, we believe in God, but. But Chill like, out. yeah, like, don't be don't like, be weird about don't be, it. Don't be weird about it, bro. Like, so nonchalant. You're like, all because, I know like, is to be weird about it. <laughs> exactly. And like, and uh, and I'm trying to figure out how to work it in my comedy, but it was like I kind of realized early on, like, oh, white people don't really need God, and that's wow. That was, a, that yeah. was another thing that my parents, in a way, made me realize this shit wasn't real mm. because they had me in these two Christian environments that were like completely different. Different. Like, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in a Christian environment where like people are like pleading and praying because they need a car so bad and money and totally crying and speaking in tongues then i go to a, uh then i go to a white christian school where they racist and they kind of justify <laughs> it by like yeah white people feel like they're most important or some shit and then i like, mean and the way they operate they're like you you act like you're a god dude and then i yeah and then i go to this black church where literally people are like scared of god like they're scared of falling out of line and so i was just like but it's the, totally it's the same thing it's yeah. the same god and G- like no there's no way dude you're it's, literally it's, being it's racist such a thing over here like fanatical christians that use their religion to prop up their racism is always to me just like the it just it drives me insane obviously like yeah, it's weird it's crazy because it's just like like G- jesus would not be doing all <laughs> like 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 what do, and and I do think you're like something there with the relationship to God is 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 really it you know yeah. like because 
I think of my my grandma who is 80 years old, but she is somebody who her relationship to her faith is that of like love of like, we are all children of God. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and she uses that love as a guiding principle in like a real way. Just like my grandma, you know? And that's the thing. Like my mom fucking got divorced. My dad and was with a woman until I was eight years old. That was a different thing for my grandma, you know, but different was, that ever th- no nancy that was always the family and it was all love and you know she and it's wild because she has raised people who my mom embodies that i think yeah but there are other people who don't who go are on have that different relationship you know and it's just like and that's why it's like sad when people to me like make will make generalizations about like christians or whatever i'm like no yeah like there are some people who are trying to live, you know, whatever principles of love. And right. there are other people who are distorting this thing for, you and know, they're usually taking advantage of those people that really are doing it. Absolutely. You know? And my grandma's the part of person. It's like, you know, only like poor people give to poor people. I grew up watching her give the guy like oh at this God. one exit this a dollar every like day. My grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd be watching her. I'm like, Woman, you don't have no fucking money. What totally, are you doing? totally. And you're just, and she, but she's got a relationship with the person, you know, like, and it's, it's a thing. And that's what's like, drives me crazy when people will use that. It's like, don't, 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 don't you use Jesus or whatever, like distorted um, understanding you have of your own religion to like prop up what is the opposite of it, you know, yeah. like, like at this point, just 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 admit that this is that you have created something different than mm-hmm. you know what i mean but that must have been so bizarre for you i wonder like you know how did you did you feel like you had to meld those identities like how did how did the identities yeah cuz i felt like i didn't want to get caught by both sides. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, both of y'all on some bullshit. Yeah. And I'm just kind of caught in the middle. And then sometimes I'd be like, do they know? Like, because like, that's one thing, like the like the speaking in tongues thing, for instance. Yeah. Like, I really want to, I want to do like some kind of study and like figure out like, because in my church, the way it would start, one person would start doing it mm-hmm. and then another person start doing it. Oh, yeah. And then. Or people start doing it, and then the whole church start doing it, and then the kids start doing <laughs> and it. You're and you're like, I guess I gotta do it. Church, oh no, I gotta do it. And I like, I really feel like this shit not real. I feel like <laughs> it's you trying to like outdo another person. Like, no, nah, I can pray too. Yeah, Watch. yeah. And it very much felt like that, and like as a kid, and then I would go to the white church, and I was like, they don't feel the need to do none of this shit. Like, I would be like, and especially like when you would go to church with like a white friend, or you would mm-hmm. go to their church, you'd be like it feels like there's so much less pressure to perform in here. Yeah. Like, it's just like, this is Are like, you almost relaxing? You're almost like kicking it. Was, it. No, yeah. like the first time I went to white <laughs> church, it was so relaxed. I was like, the seat is You're like, I'm not sweating yet. I'm not sweating. <laughs> People are yelling at me. And like, I was like, it just very much felt like this is this nice thing we do at the end of the week. And then right. we go eat as a family after. Whereas like black church, you taking your tie off and screaming and sweating <laughs> and all this kind of shit. And I was like, it's, it's exercise. Culturally, yeah. Culturally, and I explained to somebody the other day is like the reason black grandmas want your ass to believe in Jesus so much 
mm-hmm. is because when they were a child, church, black church was the only place black people could congregate mm. without fear of some white person doing some fucked up shit to them, especially in the South. Right. That's why black church in the South is crazy. That's yeah. why the music is so good. That's why <laughs> the food is so good because everything funneled in the church. Martin Luther King would have meetings in church. Right. Edgar Evers would have meetings it's in community. church. It's community. Like Rosa Parks, like the bus boycott that was planned in a church. Like they mm. met at a church at night to talk about it because that was the only, at their jobs, they always had white supervision. On mm. the buses, they had white supervision. At restaurants, white supervision. At church, White people were at their own church, so they couldn't supervise them. Right. So that was the so they you they turned church into kind of like a political movement and kind of like a place where you're safe and you can have community and talk and all this kind of stuff. Right. So your grandma was a child experiencing of all of that. that. Yeah. And so she has all of that emotion of feeling safe and all this kind of thing. So she wants you to believe in Jesus so you can also so she can feel like in her head you're safe. And right. so it's not because of God or anything like that. And that's why black grandmas are, feel so strongly with that shit. And they right. want you in church every day because they just want to make sure you're safe. And for them, church is the only place they know or they feel like you're going to be safe as a black person. Well, and it's funny because not even true. Anymore. They have all the reason and their context and history to believe that. But then it's like cut to you and everyone's like shouting and you're kind of you're eight years old and you're like, actually, what's going on here? What's <laughs> like going on here? like it, so now to it, it's, it's still obviously like a safe in, in that context uh, yeah. place. But also, do you necessarily feel like yourself or or completely like like what am i supposed to do here you know i felt like i was having to play this person and like not get in trouble and all this other shit yeah whereas like my grandma felt like this is where i'm safe yeah this is where where all me and all the other little black kids are safe and then do you have space to even say that really to be because it's not like you can be like well i don't want to go to church (laughs) yeah you know if i said that to my grandma she'd be like what are you talking about yeah how fact, did you- let's pray. Let's pray right now. So you stop talking like that, <laughs> you know, because then it's scary. Then it's like, yeah. well, where are you going to go instead? Mm-hmm. You know, right. Was that scary yeah. to you also? Because no, I never wanted to be a part of any of that shit. Yeah. And I think in general, what religion and church shows you is we just all need community totally. and places to feel loved. Yeah. And that could be anything for me. It's hanging out with a bunch of piece of shit com- comics smoking weed right. outside a club it's like why do you think so many people end up in cults like people be lonely no, <laughs> people be lonely i don't like i hate when people make fun of the cult thing because same. at the end of the day cults gangs it's all, all the same it's all branding all, it's all branding it's all the same thing and so for me my cult is people who are deeply traumatized that just tell jokes yeah totally and that it for me i get like this crazy spiritual release watching my friends go up and tell jokes that are funny and then afterwards like my favorite part about being a comedian i love selling tickets i love beating fans i love telling really good jokes all this kind of stuff my favorite part about me being a comedian is after the show's over everybody's left and basically like every com like all the comics are just outside chilling talking smoking cigarettes and yeah. drinking beer and we all know we probably need to leave but we just keep more conversation and more conversation and we but we all know we all right we need to go and like we say that but we keep talking and then we look up it's like 3 a.m you know you know what that's it my, is it sounds like it's just a bunch of people like making up for lost time of when they yes. couldn't have been because themselves it's it's a group of people that have always felt out of place mm-hmm. and now 
you're still out of place, but you're like rewarded with it for laughter and people's entertainment. Right. And so now you've kind of find us found a spot where like I belong here. And then you you from become friends with people who like have these same experiences. Totally. And then you're like, I can talk to this person for hours and hours and hours and hours. And so you don't want to like let that go. You know what I'm saying? It's and that that's now I'm like, oh, this is why my grandma would be in the parking lot talking to every adult on right. the way out of church. Because they had like the same thing. They have the same thing. Yeah. But it's like for me, I grew up in a way different era to where God, the Holy Spirit church has no effect on me. Yeah. And and I just don't see the point. And I don't I don't need that for community. Right. There's some people, their communities are purely on Discord. Oh, total, my my I went I took my brother recently when I was visiting to the beach to meet up with his Discord friends and it was he's 16 he just turned 16 and it was and that's not a weird thing at no, all that's no. just where he found his community Is yeah it yeah not, it might not be the safest thing in the world you don't know who those people they talk are, about planes I don't know right. <laughs> like, and, and that's beautiful yeah and, they're weird I just think more people need to find ways to find community outside of like a religion that tells people what to do totally do you do you find like that in love in the context of like relationships and stuff like is that the is 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 being seen like the sort of like a, an important thing to you like is that like a, a thing that draws you to a person if you think like oh I think they understand my vibe a little yeah like what do you I think brings the I've just had a weird life and I, yeah. I honestly feel bad for like everybody I've dated because I've just had like such a I've just had such a weird life to where like just things don't make sense a lot. <laughs> what do you mean? So, what what doesn't make sense? Um, just like with my upbringing. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Like just being well, the being dichotomy. Like a, very, a lot of those. Because I'm very much a person. Like I don't want anything to do with like my childhood or early life. Like mm. for me, my life started when I was 21. Right. And that's where I want to live my life from that point. And so for a lot of like especially like women, like they want to mm. know all these things about you. You don't like reflecting. I don't, I don't want to like, even this is so weird. I know. You know I was going to say you're doing it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it now. It's so weird. But I, in fact, next person I'll date, I was like, just watch Rebecca's podcast. I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Listen, shit. I did this podcast for a reason. And also it is a cheat code. You're welcome to everybody who's trying to date people who've been on my podcast because I've given you a blueprint, you know. Look, just I'm trying to do a public like, okay, service. He's not he's not crazy. We're he's trying to end generational trauma one podcast hey. at a time. And do you think that no, you it, feel like yeah. is it is it uncomfortable to look back? Do you like what is is it that same do you feel that feeling if you are thinking, you know, like the feeling of when you're back in Mississippi? Yeah, is that discomfort when you're looking at it? I think part of like my childhood and like up until like 20, like I think I felt trapped mm -hmm. and there was like no way to get out. Like mm -hmm. I was like even like dating somebody like my family wants me to date this person and they go to church too. So like, sure. Do you, know you think there was like a lot of control that was trying to be like put upon you? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody wanted me to be a pastor and I was like that was yeah. like set up like I was going to be a pastor and go do this and then come back and preach at my old my childhood church and all this do you think it was out of their own fear of like oh losing me yeah losing yeah. you okay because it could Cause be because sometimes it's like oh I don't want him to end up uh, like you know like 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 financially secure and all of these things blah 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 and but I, do you think it was about keeping it's like, you there? it's like a family business it's like it's like yeah. these guys that build these businesses up they want to pass it to their children because it's like, well, I worked really hard on this. 
So you would have a safety net and you've right. been around it your whole entire life. So you should just know how to do it. But they that's just like never the considered, way, like, would you care? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's how the adults in my church felt. It's like, we believe in this thing so hard mm. and it's our whole entire lives and being like, like I, like I know like adults in my, like the church I went to, like never even listened to music that <laughs> wasn't gospel or Christian right. music. It's their whole you know, thing. Like this was, this is their life yeah. every, every day. And so if you have a young person you care about and you love and you want to be safe, you're thinking at like not even on a malicious or manipulative yeah. thing. You want them to believe the same thing as you. So they're safe and they're just like you. But did like you every- see it like that then or only no. now? You just felt limited. I just felt I just felt like y'all are just holding me back. Yeah. And that was and that was one of the things like I'm so glad I started doing drugs at 14. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like I really like I really feel like weed like saved my life. Like, like heard I, if first. I didn't start smoking weed at 14, I probably would just be stuck in Mississippi. Like, yeah. Do you what do you think it did? Just or I probably it opened or I probably you up to like, like myself by it now. Right. Well, that's terrible. We're glad that didn't happen. Thanks, weed. Yeah. Because, like, I remember when I was younger. Was it was, like, just you think we were depressed? Just fully, like. Oh, I was definitely, yeah, as a yeah. teenager, I was severely depressed. Um, And I think that's why I was, like, so involved in so many activities to where, like. Because your parents were pro- like, programming that. They're like, yeah, maybe we well, can schedule really the depression, depression away. Right. And yeah. I, and I'll never forget when I was, like, younger in high school, there was, like, this young black pastor that all these people were, like, very excited about. My mom loved him and she would be like mm. now it's like that's what you're you go like yeah. he reminds me so much of you <laughs> he's like in his he's like in his early 20s and he already had like a slot on like those church channels right he right preach and he had a church and all this kind of stuff and i remember right before i went to college that dude killed himself <gasps> oh and my everybody god everybody was so shook everybody was so shook by it they're like why would he kill himself he was on tv preaching and he was 20 wow. something and he was and it's like because he was on TV preaching and he was 20 something and yeah. he was told from, cause that's the thing. Any kid is just super articulate and can read and kind of speak for themselves. That's the slot. And if you're in a church setting, yeah. you are, and it's usually boys because they usually teach girls to not really be so expressive and stuff right. very young. But like boys, they're like, we, they want you to be expressive and yell and talk. And so I was one of those kids that talked loud and could read and I, yeah. I started reading at like three. And so those are the kids that are like, oh, you're a pastor. That's you're, your job you're now. And so that guy, I'm sure just like me, totally five, six years old, was told this is what you're going to do. And he probably leaned into it. I want to I want to impress my parents and make mm-hmm. them feel proud and all this kind of stuff. Did it and achieved it, got there. And it was just like, I hate this. Empty. shit. Yeah. There's no way out of this shit. And for a lot of them, they're also believe it, too. So they're like, oh, I'm gonna let down God if I get out of this. Ugh. So he saw it as. Well, if I kill myself, that's the only like yeah. way to get out of this shit. And also, I don't have to deal with anybody's like judge. And that's the other thing: it's judgment. Judgment. I don't have to totally. deal. With, I don't have to deal with another person's judgment if I'm just not here anymore. Ugh. You know. How and did that so, impact you when you found that out? Oh, it, it fucking floored it, me, dude. Yeah. Because like I didn't, I didn't like I never really paid attention. My mom would be like, my mom would turn. Did on you TV, see? Like, okay. Do you think you could see something in your like? It was like seeing the that could have been me. It was like I don't want to do that or yeah. be like that. And so, yeah, at 20, I moved to L.A. and was like, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want to. Because if that's what's going to keep me alive, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because, like, that 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 shit was crazy. That's wild. Because it's like, this dude has everything that all these church people say you're supposed to have. I think he was married, too. And, yeah. That's crazy. That's like a flash. Well, I'm glad you got out. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm sure, like, people like that. I'm sure romantically they feel like 
cuffed too because yeah. you, there's this thing they say in christian circles like you don't want to be unequally yoked and that basically means like you don't want to be with somebody who a doesn't believe in jesus or doesn't believe in jesus as hard as you wow then like you're a unit so both of y'all are supposed to be doing things for jesus at the same level yeah and so like if you at the highest level it beat the game at 22 23 whoever you marry has to be some woman that's so like just it's too know. much. The standard is just yeah. beyond. And like you probably end up being like, I don't even like this person. Yeah. They just pray as hard as me and we're both attractive. Like, like that's what a lot of these, that's why I, I think the Righteous Gemstones is like yeah. an amazing TV It's so show. good. Because <laughs> it kind of shows that in a way. It's like these couples don't actually love each other. It's like, it's an arranged It's marriage, arrangements. But in a way of like, we they don't you can not call it an arranged marriage but it's basically an arranged marriage because they were trying to do that at our church they were like yeah this leader's kid and this leader's kid is like the same age let's see if they'll date there was totally a path lined up for you that like you would have felt yeah. totally and impressed by like, I was and, like, i'm not doing this yeah how do they how do they feel about what you do now do they get it do they know because you know what's ironic just when you're telling me all of this i'm like well you're still doing all of that do you know what i mean i'm like you're not a pastor you're not a preacher but you're on a stage and you're speaking a truth to people that like and and that's the thing i think there are talents in people yeah they have to be able to have the room to be creative and do it their way the way their brain tells you totally i feel like if you are good at something like public speaking or leading people and this kind of thing. And you can only do it in a space this big, but what you want to do is this big. Yeah. It's never going to, it's, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Like I can't do what I really want to do here. No, totally. And I think like, it's, it's, it's like, if we're talking about the true meaning of uh, behind the religions and whatever, Mm -hmm. and like, and, and, And we're talking about like community and care and service and whatever, like all of these things that are supposed to be the responsibility of someone like a pastor. It's like, well, yeah, depending on what the fuck you're talking about, what you're doing, like even if it's dumb shit that that is not like a like trying to make any fucking world changing like you know declarations even if it's just shit that just makes people laugh and like they're depressed you know (laughs) like like that is is doing it so Mm -hmm. I hope that like I think that like I've had to um decide for myself recently like as self-indulgent as blah 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 it sounds like I I I simply have to use art to say what I want to say to the world I just actually have to it's like the the only way that makes sense for me like I'm not gonna fucking run for mayor I'm not gonna do city like I'm not gonna do that I really care but I'm not that's not what I'm made for you know (laughs) as an artist I totally understand it yeah yeah like for me it's like like especially when I like my last comedy special and like certain other things it's like I was like uh, so anxious and so ready to put it out because I was like, I don't want to die before this doesn't reach people. Right. That's how that's how I feel about the stuff I do. Yeah. Like I feel like that, like when I'm getting ready to put something like I'm I'm putting something out tomorrow that I'm like really excited about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like I have like I have to get it out. And it feels like very much like what if I die before this gets done or what if I die before like I put this out? Like it's very I just want people to see it and feel it and things like that. I think we're we're so aware of our mortality mortality all the time and it sucks but also if there is a plus side it's like at least 
we'll we'll say it. We're trying to say it now. Yeah. You know. And I think I think being aware of that makes me create more and better. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't feel like I just have so much time here. Like right. I, I remember being a kid and telling my mom, like, I feel like I'm already like fifty. I, I was like always like that. Yet. I always got the old soul comment from teachers yeah. and shit. And now yeah. I've got the knees to match it. You know, I'm like, I've got like osteoarthritis. I'm just you... like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah, I've, I've always like, my mom would always be like, don't talk like that. But I was like, I just feel like I don't have an unlimited amount of time here. Like, I feel like I just have to go do stuff. Well, we want all the time in the world for Niles Absent to do all of the things, all of the th- all of the things that we can't even talk about because of a strike or whatever. Right? Isn't that crazy? Um, but yeah, I think um, I'm very excited to see where uh, your life heads. You know, I'm like, thank you. Uh, watch out for this one. <laughs> um, this has been so great. I want to yep. wrap it up, but I want to ask you one final question, which is we usually I will edit it in. But we usually end with like a song. Is there a song that reminds you of being like young and in love? Or is there music that you were listening to at the time that brings you back to those days? I remember days? I, was on, I was definitely on some like sad boy, like Drake shit. Like, <laughs> like oh, no. Like I, I got my heart broken for the first time in 2009. I was like 14, 15. Oh, well, then there and, you go. Uh, and Drake had come out with, uh, it was, uh, what was the... What was this shit called? Um, I couldn't tell you what the shit was called. So far gone. Okay. And that we're dropping like it here. Little, Click. <laughs> no. That was like his first little EP. And like he had this song that was called Fear. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Fear. Yeah, it was called Fear. And it definitely like, definitely like, yeah, these things I was already feeling like, I was like, damn, this girl didn't want me and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And like, nobody's ever going to like me. Like, yeah. def- like definitely that was some type of shit Drake was talking about at that time when that song came out. Yeah. And so like that, that when I, so it, it like popped up on the shuffle of that little album and I was like, yep, when That's I was 15 and I, and I was sad. It I took you, it took you there. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Niles. Please plug away. What would you yeah, like to um, plug? Well, I am, uh, I'm basically, I'm starring and producing in a little independent movie proof of concept thing. And uh, we start raising money tomorrow for a little crowdfunding campaign out tomorrow. We're going to shoot it end of October in Massachusetts. But uh, it's an indie comedy sci-fi movie uh, about a a drug dealer and uh, a little boy that he has to babysit for the day. And and it's it's basically, it's a summer day in 2004. He's, he uses the drug dealer uses his girlfriend's car because he don't have a car Classic. and his girlfriend has to work a double at a diner so, <laughs> and, her, and her little cousin is in town for the summer and there's nobody to watch him so he so she basically puts the kid on the boyfriend and uh, he has to take care of the kid and some crazy shit happens I'm gonna to say hijinks to... ensue I'm yeah, sure some crazy shit happens to where they have to end up saving the world together I love it please yeah, donate so. So we can all observe and watch and laugh and learn and love. Yes, I'll be playing a drug dealer. I wrote the movie as well. I got a friend directing it. Boom. So yeah, we're we're crowdfunding to shoot like the beginning of the movie so we can take it out whenever this is over. Yeah. Take it out to places and show what it would look like and then maybe they'll, you know, read the script. And then we'll, and then change the world, you know, one movie at a time. One movie at a time. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Yeah. Do all those things. Go to the shows. Don't. We'll put a link to that at the bottom of the thing. 
Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You can rate review if you want. I don't know if I care anymore. This is for me. <laughs> I care. I care in the sense I want people to listen, but but I don't care in the sense of, I don't know. You know, I care. Um, live your life. <laughs> live, your, live, live out loud. <laughs> All right. And bye. That's the end of the episode. <laughs>